0: the Blaze Radio Network on demand you're listening to pure opelka you know it's almost back to school time isn't it <laughs> almost almost time for back to school and all those back to school commercials well the new school in new york city it's a it's a special school in new york city artsy fartsy they have put out a special memo from the Office of Student Health Services on the topic of microaggressions. Yes, this is the equivalent of handing out a pamphlet to everybody who comes to school, and this is an effort to help the snowflakes survive in New York City. Let me tell you something. If you're going to school in New York City, you've already gone through a tougher boot camp than most of the other armies around the world. If you're able to get to a class in New York City and the new school is located right in the heart of Manhattan, then you've already passed some incredible survival tests, just if you're riding the subway. So to think that they'd have to put out this little guide to microaggressions, it just irks me. What is a microaggression? Microaggression shows up as brief and commonplace verbal, behavioral, or environmental indignities. (laughs) Environmental indignities. Whether intentional or not, these indignities communicate a hostile, derogatory, or negative slight or insult towards a targeted group. Lately, joining the targeted groups of the microaggression, the plus-sized among us. I know, I know. We all fight the battle. There, all of us feel like we could lose 5 or 10 or 50 or whatever poundage. But now, the new school even points out that these, the chairs, the de- you know the desks that are all in one? They have the the seat connected to the desktop and you just kind of slide in and put your notebook down or your laptop down on the on the desk. Yeah, they're saying that that those those standard size desks now, they're a microaggression to plus sized people. I'm not kidding you. And the new school has put out this this online pamphlet. To help you recognize, help you apologize, and help you realize your privilege. I'm not kidding. There's an actual section entitled, what if I'm a microaggressor? Congratulations, you realize that you microaggressed. Although it's still unacceptable, recognizing and admitting oppressive language, behavior, and thoughts is not the norm and is necessary to practice anti-oppression. It also feels good to admit our faults and to seek to change them. The first thing you do is apologize. And there's even a guide. You can click on the button on how to apologize. And these come from the keys to constructing an effective apology from Psychology Today. I can't believe we actually have a guide on how to apologize. If you're genuinely sorry, I think it comes from the heart. But here are the keys. Here are the six steps to an effective apology. Number one, a clear, I'm sorry statement. An expression of regret for what happened. Isn't that kind of folded into the I'm sorry? Number three, an acknowledgement that social norms or expectations were violated. Again, isn't that part of the apology? Number four, this is step four, an empathy statement, acknowledging the full impact of our actions on the other person. Number five, a request for forgiveness. And number six, an explanation of what you'll do to prevent it from happening again. My God, we're terrible people. Apologize. Tell them I'm sorry it happened. I will work to make sure it doesn't happen again. And let's move on. We have become the wimpiest, whiniest bunch of people on the planet. And I cannot believe that we actually have to have a section that teaches people how to apologize when they're going to the new school on West 12th Street in midtown Manhattan. I didn't even click on the realizing your privilege part of things. But if you want to do it too, I should tweet out a link to this. And this is, just so you know, to realize your privilege was adapted and borrowed, as they say, from everydayfeminism.org. Privilege is the other side of oppression. A set of unearned benefits given to people who fit into a specific social group. Folks who do not fit into certain privileged categories, and then they list them for us, white, male, straight, Christian, White, male, straight, Christian. So those are all privileged categories. So if, you've, if you are white, if you are male, if you are straight, and you are Christian, you've got four stars of privilege, don't you? Well, if, if you don't fit into those categories, you face oppression because their identities due to all of the ways society disenfranchises those identities and lived experiences. For example, same-sex couples denied access to adopt children, well, that's not happening anymore. Or public spaces, that's not happening anymore. Or resources, that's not happening anymore. They make daily life harder for oppressed individuals or deny them rights and opportunities afforded to others. No. This is why no one's learning. Because we are obsessed with the apology culture. We're obsessed with trying to solve problems that don't exist. We're obsessed with stupid stuff. I wonder what the person in charge of dealing with the microaggressions and putting up all of the news and information about microaggressions. I wonder what that person makes. Because, you know, we read... We read earlier this year, and this happened earlier this year, I think it was April of this year, that we learned Clemson University in South Carolina spent more than $25,000 on diversity education and training for the faculty. There was a PowerPoint presentation that faculty members had to go and sit through. And once they they completed it, they were offered um, mugs and T-shirts as a reward for completing the diversity or inclusion training, diversity education training. And there's a, a person whose job it is to be in charge of this diversity and inclusion program. And after I read this, I remember reading this. And inside this this PowerPoint, there's actually a presentation that talks about the fact that if someone's late for class, you can't, you can't call them out for it because... Because that's racist. Can you imagine? I'm going to tell you a little story. I was cost an entire grade level. I was studying classical literature and translation at Trinity University. Yes, I know. It's a little bit of a heady subject for a a bottom dweller like myself. But I studied classical literature and translation. And unfortunately, That class was at 11 o'clock in the morning, but at 10.30 every day, Jeopardy! was on. I'm not kidding you. And we had a fierce Jeopardy! tournament in the dorm. Now, the dorm was halfway across the damn campus, but I wasn't about to give up a Jeopardy! tournament. So I would stay until the final Jeopardy! answer, complete it, and then sprint to my classical literature and translation class. And most days I would make it just about on time. But it was virtually every day that semester, that fall semester, I was the last person in class, the person who was sneaking in as the professor was closing the door, as Dr. Krieger was closing the door. And at the end of the semester, he asked me, can I... um?" can I ask you why you plan the class you have before this uh, to be so tight that you're here virtually late every day? And I said, I don't have a class before this one, not realizing that I should have made something up. I told him, "I, I don't have a class before this one. He goes, then why are you late? Every day you're late. Why? And I told him the truth. I told him that Jeopardy! was on and we had a wicked tournament every day in the dorm. And he stared at me and he shook his head and he said, You're, you're kidding, right? I said, No. No, it's, a, it's America's favorite answer and question game and we actually play and we kind of, we might have been betting beer money on it. I, I'm just saying, we didn't have the electronics you people have today. And Dr. Krieger took me aside after the class that day and he said, I appreciate your honesty, but I'm going to dock you an entire grade point for the semester because Jeopardy, a game show, was more important to you than classical literature in my class. Had I known that my tardiness and the punishment I received could have been called racism, I might have had a higher GPA that semester. But no. No. That was not the case because we didn't have the kinds of social justice warrior action that we have today. We didn't have the kind of people out there standing up for people like me. Just didn't exist. Now, before we went on the air today, I reached out to Clemson University to ask them if, in fact, this program is still in place, if, in fact, they are still teaching the faculty that tardiness to class if you bring it up, is racism. The department in charge of the, the uh, training, the diversity training, where the guy earns, I think it's well over $250,000 a year for, for forcing these classes on the teachers. Uh, they would not respond and sent me to the media office. And the media office told me they were going to have to look into it.